Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You can go tonight to the book of John chapter 17. Uh, I don't plan to be before you real long. Uh, long enough to get this across to you. And if we don't finish, we'll just hit pause and pick up here next week. Glory to God. Carriers of the glory. And uh, John chapter 17. And we'll begin there in verse 20. Jesus is praying for the disciples. And he's also praying for us. Uh, He said in verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which will believe on me through their word. That's us. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory that you have given you gave me i have given them that they may be one as we are one i in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me oh glory so notice the glory you gave me i have given them the same glory The glory you gave me, I have given them. Well, what was that glory? And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right? It's it's the glory that was given to the Son. Well, when you were born again, you became a son of God. So the same glory that was given to the Son, Jesus, had to be given to you Because you became of the Father. You became of God. All right? So the Father gave Jesus the glory that was in Him. And Jesus gave us the glory that was in the Father first and then in Him. And the glory, notice the glory is a uniting factor. It unites us. We all have the same glory. Hallelujah. There's there's the same glory in each person. You know, it's so important that we understand these things. In Christian circles, when I was growing up, when I was a boy growing up, uh, it was real prevalent. It's it's somewhat prevalent today, not as much as it was. But it was, you know, we called each other brother and sister. Right? Brother Jones, Brother David, Brother Larry. Amen. Sister Gloria. Why did we do that? Because we all have the same father. We all have the same dad. So we're all brothers and sisters. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's that's why the Apostle Paul could say, In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, barbarian, Scythian. He said, but Christ is all. Christ is all. Is that right? But the glory is what unites us. The glory is is what makes us one. Hallelujah. Division is not a problem if you're not looking on the outside. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you'll remember, uh, 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 and we often quote verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away. But the, the verse previous says, because that Christ died for all. Did Christ die for all? Right? Now, 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 let's go down the list. I know this sounds elementary. Did he die for the man? And he died for the woman. Uh, white man? Black man? Hispanic man? Asian man? All men. Everybody. Who, who died? Christ. So how many, people, how many men had to die for everybody? One. And if he died for all, then all were dead. 
Every person in here, before you received Christ, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were separated from God. You did not have God in you. I'll run into sinners and they'll go, well, I love God. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you're not living for Him, you don't love Him. That's, that's just the bottom line. Well, I'm a good person. Uh-uh. The Bible says without God, nobody's good. There's the potential for bad in every person that doesn't know God. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm, now, are you following me? Yes, and then he says in the next verse after that, he says, Therefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Now, how, what would the after the flesh mean? Well, it would mean your past, but it would also mean your skin color. It would also mean where you're from, your background, what you used to be. I, I don't know you after that. Why? Because Christ died for all. Therefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, even though we've known Christ after the flesh, yet we know him not anymore after the flesh. Therefore, if any man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Is that right? Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Amen. So it sounds simple and elementary, but therefore it stands to reason that whatever I was when I was born again, Galatians 2.20 says that man died and a new man came to life. The, 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 the connection that I had to Adam was severed when the glory came into my life. Because the glory, when it comes into your life, it burns out everything that's not like God. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? The Bible says that we are now the meeting place of the temple. We're the temple. We're, the, we're the, the meeting place of the glory of God. Hallelujah. See, the, the type and the shadow was that when the priest would go into the holy place, there could be no blemish in his body. There could be no sin in his life because he was about to enter into the presence of God. Well, the Spirit of God dwells in the same temple that your spirit dwells in. That's because when your spirit was, when you were born again, your spirit was recreated in the image of God. There is no sin in your spirit. There is no blemish in your spirit. In your spirit, you're 100% Holy Ghost. And God dwells in your spirit. Woo! You are, you are the meeting place of the Spirit of God. The Holy of Holies dwells in men. Oh, glory. I'm ahead of myself and getting there fast. Amen. Amen. That, that's, that's why. <laughs> now, now, you wouldn't do this, but you know people that would. That's why it's a travesty in the Christian life for, for Christians to call themselves sinners. For them to talk about themselves like they are what they used to be. I, I'm, I'm trying to get past this, but this is important. It stands to reason that something with no, that something that's new has no past. No past. Ah, hallelujah. Everyone in here, at some point, think you've had something new. If it was new, it had no past. If it was used, it had a past. What's that mean? Somebody else used it. But if it's new, nobody used it. Whoo, glory. See, before I got born again, before you got born again, the old me had been used. It had been used for whatever the enemy wanted to use it for. It had been used by problems, used by sin. But when I got born again... I got a brand new spirit that had never been used. You understand? Glory. And what I have to do is not think in natural terms. This is not you. This is not you. This carries you. 
Are you following me? If, if, if you look at me ministering tonight, I have a jacket on. When I move my arms, the arms of the jacket move. When I move, the jacket moves. But you take this jacket off of me, and the jacket is useless. Amen. What? I'll show you. What? What? All right, jacket, stand up. Hey, jacket, sit over here by Pastor Larry. What's wrong? The spirit of the jacket is not in it. The spirit is in the jacket now. And the jacket can stand up. The jacket can sit up. The jacket can move. Why? Because the spirit is in the jacket. When you die, if the Lord tarries and he tarries his coming, and you die, listen, people think of dying as the cessation of life. It's not the cessation of life. It's the departure of your spirit to glory. And when your spirit, when the God part of you, when the life of God departs your body, your body will fall over with a thud because it has no purpose but to carry your spirit around. Before you got born again, you were not in the will of God. You were not capable of doing the will of God. There was nothing godly about you because there was a dead spirit on the inside of you. But when you got born again, the very life of God came into you. That's why when you got born again, you found your purpose. When you got born again, you found your reason for existence. Right? Because it's our lives are hid with Christ in God. Oh, glory to God. Amen. And when people talk about what a failure they are, amen. No. You don't have a past. I say you don't have a past. Amen. The glory Look at Colossians 1. I'll, I'll try to stay away from that. but You know, I was, I was ministering something last night, and we talked there from Romans chapter 8. And uh, I, I won't take the time to go over there, but it, in, in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul makes the statement. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge of, of God's elect. And in, in the Spanish Bible it says, Who will accuse those God has elected? Who will accuse? And then it says, in the Greek it says, Isn't it God who justifies? Now the world has this statement, You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. You don't quit living that way, He's gonna. One day. No, what that means is the accuser, the enemy. He has no accusation against you. Now, now understand why. Because you were never alive before. He can accuse the dead man, but not the new man. Because the new man didn't do it. It's God that justifies, justifies, made righteous or put righteous. God put me righteous. God made me righteous. Right? So what does that mean? Nobody, nothing, no being has anything to say about what the righteous judge of all the earth did. He put me righteous. In other words, I wasn't righteous, but he Put me righteous. You understand? Re- remember in, in, the, in the Bible, it says that uh, uh, when we were born again, that we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Well, that word translated, it's, it's, it's the same word that we get. for we, we use it for the word 
rapture, the word rapture is not actually in, in the New Testament. It's the catching away, but the snatching up. But that's what that word translated means. It literally means you were snatched out of darkness and deposited into the kingdom of God. Who can accuse you? Amen. Hallelujah. Then the, 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 the next verse, he says, it's Christ that died or didn't Christ die? Amen. So if no being, no body can accuse you, don't you accuse you? I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, you know, I'm the problem. Why are you saying that? Because you're not fully aware of the glory that lives on the inside of you. Look, look at Romans. Well, yeah, go to Romans 8 real quick. We'll, we'll come back here to Colossians 1. I'm trying to get into our inheritance. I, I've tried to get into our inheritance three times now. You know, these are the things that you will go back to again and again and again. Because these are, these, these are the things that consistently make the difference in your Christian walk. Yeah. Romans chapter 8 and uh, verse 1. There is therefore now, now when? Now. When? Now. Right now, tonight. Right? At, uh, at uh, 10 minutes to 7. There is now no condemnation. The word means an adjudging sense of guiltiness. And notice what it says. There is no adjudging sense of guiltiness. In other words, there's a judge in the earth, the Father, but He's not judging you guilty. Right? To them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now here's how religion quotes that verse. Don't you walk after the flesh. You better walk after the Spirit. That's not what he's saying. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Who do not walk after the flesh. Now wait a minute. What, what's he saying? It's just understood that if you're in Christ, you don't walk after the flesh. Well, pastor, it can't be that easy. Then he shouldn't have put it in the Bible. See, if you don't look at this as you, it's not hard to not walk after it. You know, if a bad thought comes into your mind, you're very quick to say, that's not my thought. Right? Well, where does a wrong action start? With a wrong thought. Right? Am I, am I right? So what, what do you need to tell your body? I don't act that way. I don't act that way. I'm not going to do that. I don't act that way. You're stupid. You do it. I'm not doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that what you would say? If you was up on a, on a skyscraper and somebody's standing beside you and they go, why don't you jump? You say, you're dumb. You jump. I'm not jumping. Amen. When, when you don't consider this the real you, it's no problem to not walk after that. The problem that, that has happened in the church is we, people have been taught to watch out for their flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. Got to watch out for the flesh, watch out for the flesh, watch out for the flesh. That we haven't emphasized who we are. We got to emphasize who we are. Say it out loud. I am dead to sin. It, isn't that what the Bible says? It, says? it says in Romans 6, Reckon yourselves therefore dead to sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus. Is that right? Well, pastor, I can still sin. Just because you can still sin doesn't mean you're not dead to it. Amen. Well, how do I know that? The glory killed it. There's nothing of that old nature. Oh, See, here, this is a dangerous point. 
you're not spiritually schizophrenic. There's, can I tell you this? Lord, help me. There's nothing of your old nature left in you. Oh, but we're all growing. Right, we're all growing in righteousness. We're all growing. We're maturing in the things of God. But listen, did God half do it? Did He just give you a little of His presence? And, 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 and that little bit of presence has to overcome this big... No. If the, what does dead mean? Well, the Bible says... The old man is dead. Is that right? The old man is what? Dead. Wait, did what? What? Oh, help me out. The old man's what? How much power does the dead man have over you? What's that? What? Can they have power if you give it to them? Amen. I said, can they have power if you give it to them? Pastor Michelle told the story when she was here. She was talking about her uh, walking in the Spirit. And she talked about when we first got married. And that, you know, sometimes there would be disagreements. Right? Y'all remember that story? And she talked about how she expected me to respond in those disagreements the same way Her first husband who had passed away responded. So she was ready in those disagreements to respond that way. Who had control over her? Dead man. Why? She gave it to him. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. I had the red eye to prove it. She told the story. I'm not telling off on her. Amen. She was ready. You remember that? Yeah, she was ready. Glory to God. My wife used to carry a 38. I don't know about yours. Hallelujah. First few months we was married, I said, wait, let me check your bag. Before we disagree, let me look in your bag. Hallelujah. But, But think about that. Think about that for a moment. What would make you respond that way to somebody that you love? What would make me respond the way that I would respond? Because there was a dead man that was influencing us. But when you recognize him for what he is, dead. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is that right? Romans chapter 7. Look what Paul in in verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Amen. Now what's happening? His flesh is ruling. He's not born again. This is Paul before salvation. He's not born again. His body is ruling him. And notice what the next verse says. I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. That's how I got delivered from the body of death. Why why is it called the body of death? Because it was the body that lived after sin. And the wages of sin is death. You don't live after sin anymore. You don't live after sin anymore. Why? You're alive unto God through Christ Jesus. Why are you alive unto God? The glory fills me. I'm a carrier of the glory. Ooh, glory to God. Amen. Do, do you see that? Ooh, glory to God. Now notice. Oh, hallelujah. I, I just want you to, to look at a couple verses. Do you have time? Verse 8. So then, they that are in Romans 8, 8. They, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now there's religion again. Religion will take that verse out of its setting. Bless God, it's hard to please God. Can't please God in the flesh. 
Hmm. That's funny because verse 9 says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Is that right? Now, is that in your Bible? Oh, help me. Is that in your Bible? What's it say? You are not, but in the... Whew. Try that out on your neighbor. Say, you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. Now, see, people will look and they'll go, but I am in the flesh. Not according to the Bible. Not according to the Bible. Why, why do people need to hear that? Because what is, what is all our, of our division about in the world? What's the division about in the church? Our flesh. It's about flesh. Amen. It's about, it's about the color of our flesh. It's about where our flesh is from. It's about the gender of our flesh. The two, you know, male or female. It's, it's about, right? Hallelujah. You're not in the flesh. There is not male or female. There's only one. One new man in Christ. Isn't that great? That's why people say, well, can a woman do this and can a woman do that? Well, can a man? I mean, I'm talking about in the church. You know, well, can women pastor? Can women prophesy? Can women? Well, can a man? Well, if a man can, a woman can. Because the Bible says they can. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Or do they carry the glory? You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God dwell in you. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Then you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. Oh, that's good news. And if Christ, verse 10, be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Now, what does that mean? Your body lives in an earth with the curse on it. Your physical body is attached to this earth that has a curse on it. In other words, your physical body will one day die. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So this body was not made right with God, but I was made right with God. My body wasn't made right. I was. And because I was made right, I keep this body right. Do you understand? You keep your body in line. That is your body. That's not you. You understand? That's your body, but it's not you. It belongs to you, but it's not your. It's not you. The body is dead because of sin, because of Adam's transgression. This body will die, but my spirit will never die because notice it is life because my spirit the real me was made righteous with God amen if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you have you do you ever just read that and shout the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Well, why is that? Because you had to be raised from the dead. You were dead. And the life of God came in you. Ah, he that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Now notice, therefore, therefore what? Therefore, because the Spirit of God dwells in me, we are not debtors to the flesh. To live after the flesh. Now you can say it this way. I don't owe my flesh nothing and that's okay. But here's a better way to look at it. I don't owe my flesh anything because the flesh is not in charge. In other words, I don't owe the flesh anything to live after it. Oh, you nothing? Amen. Hallelujah. That'd be like somebody you don't know comes up to you and goes, listen, you owe me. What I owe you? I owe you nothing. Amen. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that lived after the flesh. Right? That, that means you don't have to suffer the repercussions of what you did before you were saved.
Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I was a drug addict. You know, it takes its toll on your body. On your body. But this just said that the Spirit of God in you would quicken your mortal body. So that may... Yeah, but I got, you know, I got this disease because I was in the world and I did. But the, it'll quicken your mortal body. If the glory drove sin out of your body, can the glory drive sickness out of your body? Can it? Can it? Can. Amen. Mm. Do, do, do you see? But why? It's my body. Can't stay here. My body. I can tell sin, you can't stay here, you got to go. I can tell sickness, you can't stay here, you got to go. Wrong thoughts, you got to go. My mind is my mind. My body is my body. I'm, I'm a speaking spirit. And I'm telling you that my, I'm in control of this house. Glory to God. Anybody ever have your mama tell you that? I don't care what so-and-so does at their house, this is my house. Anybody besides me? Amen. From the time I was eight years old, my mother would say, Philip Wayne? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God, because that was her house. And my mother would pick up a stick or a shoe or whatever. Amen. Because she's just a little, you know, you know my mom, she's a little woman. She'd get an equalizer. Well, would she hit you? Would she hit you? <laughs> you hadn't been hit till mama hit you. Glory to God. You know, other people were always concerned about their dad when their dad got home. Mom didn't wait till dad got home. But, but my point is, whose house was it? Her house. Yeah, but I, I lived there. Yeah, but it wasn't my house. I hadn't paid an bill. Right? It's her house. And this is what you're going to do. This is your house. And you're not doing that in my house. That's, oh boy, I'm not going to go there, Lord. That, that's why it's ridiculous for somebody to tell you a Christian can be demon-possessed. Ridiculous. How can you be demon-possessed and you're the temple of the living God? Well, I've seen it. No, you haven't. You never have. You've never seen it. You've never seen a Christian possessed with a devil. You might have seen a Christian oppressed by a devil, but you've never seen one possessed with a devil. Lost my crowd. But it's still, it's still okay. For, for a person to say a Christian can be possessed by a devil is to say that the devil has more power than the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said... That, that, that when a strong man is armed, he keeps the house. But he said when a stronger than him shows up, he takes away from him the armor that he trusted in and he spoils his house. Jesus was the stronger one than the devil. And the enemy had, had you held captive, but the stronger one showed up and stripped the devil of all of his armor and made a show of him openly triumphing over him in it. And I can only be oppressed if I let him oppress me. I've had people tell me, well, I, can't, I just can't help but be afraid. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You must. You must. You will not fear. I won't fear because fear is not a part of my reborn human spirit. Fear is not a fruit of the spirit. Fear, if fear is a tool of the enemy. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 that all of our lifetime before we were born again, we were subject to the fear of death. But it says there came one from heaven and he disarmed the enemy and took away from him and paralyzed him and stripped him and destroyed and defeated the devil. The one that had the keys to the fear of death no longer has them over me. No fear. Oh, am I helping you? We do have an inheritance. We're probably not going to get to it tonight. 
Do you see that? Verse 13. If, for if, you live after the flesh, you will die. But if through the Spirit, you mortify the deeds of the flesh. Now notice, he's saying you can do that. Put him to death. The deeds of the flesh, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I'm a son of God. You're a son of God. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Glory! And if children, heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs, with, you know what that means? I get his portion. Now, now, religion has a hard time with this. Jesus doesn't get any more than I get. Because the Father doesn't love Jesus more than he loves me. Yeah, but the price Jesus paid, the price Jesus paid was to bring you into the family. And the Bible says that Jesus is not ashamed to be called your brother. Glory. If we suffer with him, now, now stop right there. What does that mean? You got to live in the flesh. Your suffering is living in the flesh. Jesus' suffering on the cross, that was a major part of it. But his prolonged suffering was living in the flesh. Living as a man. Hallelujah. Hmm. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified. Now watch. So one day this body's going to be glorified. But right now, I got to suffer living in a non-glorified body. But the day's coming. No more suffering. Now talking sickness and disease, no more suffering in this non-glorified body. One day I'm going to be, I'm an heir with him already, but one day I'm going to be glorified with him. My body. Am I helping you? I reckon, where do you reckon Paul was from? I reckon that, now, now that word reckon is an accounting term. In other words, it means he has sat down and recorded the figures. He's thought about this. And he said, I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not to be compared. With the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, the day is coming when you're going to see with your eyes the glory that's in you. And what you're suffering right now in the flesh isn't even worthy to be compared to that moment. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? Mm. There's so much here. Let me, let me see. Can I find a place to pause? Huh. Verse 19. The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The revealing of that glory. Verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So that means on that day, your body will finally catch up to your spirit. It'll be released from the bondage of corruption. Uh-huh. Do you see that? Glory to God. Now, notice down here. <laughs> Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn 
among many brethren. Now notice, I am conformed to the image of Jesus so that Jesus could be my brother. He's the firstborn. Not the bestborn, the firstborn. See, it doesn't take anything away from Jesus for you to understand that God does not love him more than you. So God doesn't look at Jesus and go, well, this is my favorite. I've heard parents say that. Well, I love all my kids, but that one's my favorite. That's unfair. That's hard. That's harsh. God doesn't look at you and go, well, I love you, but Jesus is my favorite. You know, Jesus gets to sit at the adult table and you got to sit at the card table. Now, why is that important? Because, because listen, because he died to qualify you. To what? Carry the same glory that he carries. Do you see this? Now notice this. Them he also called. And whom he called, he justified. He put righteous. And whom he justified, there it is, he glorified. Now wait, will glorify or already did? I'm already glorified. Now wait, not here, remember? Because it tells us that one day this body will catch up to me. I'm already glorified. Not my body, but me. Woo, you could see me inside this body, dear Lord. Amen. It's the personification of the glory. I'm, I'm already glorified in here. Amen. What shall we say then to these things? Now look, he's not talking about trouble and problems. He's saying, what shall we say to these things that you've been glorified and justified and called? What shall we say to those things? If God be for us, now wait a minute, would those three things prove that God's for you? Called you, justified you, and glorified you. Would that prove God's for you? Amen. Amen. See, remember those three things the next time you're tempted to say, well, doesn't God care? You'll hear people say, I've, I've talked to people, tears coming down their eyes, doesn't God care about me? Come on, come on, come on. Somebody died for you. But then not only did he die, he predestined you, he called you, he justified you, he glorified you. That's how much he cares about you. Oh, glory. He that did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not, along with him, also freely give you all things? If he didn't keep Jesus from you, there's nothing he will keep from you. Mm. Who will lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God's election. Isn't it God that justifies? Now think about that. Who is he that condemns? Isn't it Christ that died? Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Now look at the questions he's asking. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Well, where's that written? Psalm chapter 44, verse 22. But notice how Paul answers. No. In other words, we're not accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In all these things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
He already conquered. And we're walking in his victory. Notice. For I am persuaded. That neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, things present or things to come. Height, depth, any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Cannot happen. Cannot, cannot happen. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. Now see, so when people talk about their past, like it's their present, they're saying God didn't qualify them. The scripture I was going to go to in Colossians 1, I'll end with this. It was my beginning scripture. We'll end with it. Colossians 1.12, the Weiss Bible says, By every enabling power being constantly strengthened in proportion to the manifested power of his glory, resulting in every patience and forbearance, with joy constantly giving thanks to the Father who qualified you for the portion of the share of the inheritance of the saints in the sphere of light. So notice the Father qualified you. The Father qualified you. Hallelujah. You know, I had a man one time that uh, I met him in jail. Now, I wasn't in jail. I was going, I was going, uh, I, I, I was doing a, a Bible, I did a Bible study substance abuse program for 12 years in the county jail. And uh, I met this guy at the beginning, he was in county uh, for what he had done, what he had been accused of, and then he went to, uh, to court. And was found guilty, and they sent him to prison. Well, when they sent him to prison, I lost track of him. And uh, he had a real problem, in, in, even in the Bible studies, with Christians calling themselves righteous. And he was constantly telling me how arrogant I was. Because I would say I was righteous, and, and you're righteous, and, right? And uh, so... I never, I never saw him, and then uh, one, one uh, day, I was up at uh, the, the prison in uh, Lansing, Kansas, and uh, Brother Jim and I did a Thursday night Bible study up there every week, and uh, I, I looked back, and I thought I recognized him, and, and, and I saw him, and, and so I didn't talk to him before the service, but I, I ministered on being the righteousness of God in Christ, and how your victory in Christ was... Uh, uh, based on, on your righteousness and knowing that. And, and I walked back to him after the service. I saw him, and I, and I walked back to him, and I stuck out my hand, and he, he shook my hand, and he looked at me, and he goes, well, I can see you're just as arrogant as you've ever been. I just smiled and looked at him, and I said, well, no, I'm just as righteous as I've ever been. Well, here, here was the issue. He had been diagnosed with throat cancer. He's fighting against his answer. You understand? Do you know sickness has a hard time hanging on to you when you know you're righteous? I'm in right standing with God. Right? I mean, think, think about this. I said this in healing school. I've got to leave you with this, but you need to see this. I said this in healing school. I can say this here tonight. If, if you're dealing with something physically in your body, well, you know you're saved. So here's the issue. So you know that it's not because you're in sin that the sickness is trying to come on you. So that's not one of the places you would look. Because why? You know you're righteous. You know you're righteous. And because I'm righteous... I have a right to that healing power because I'm in right standing with God. The enemy's got to get you to condemn you for anything he does to work. Oh, but Pastor, you just don't know I, I messed things up in the past and I really caused my family a hard time. Yeah, you didn't. That dead man did.
See, people don't think that way. Here's what they think. Well, you know, I got to pay for what I did. Well, I mean, I, I understand if, if you cause harm to society and you harm people, there's a price to be paid. But here's, here's my point. If, if, if you damaged your family or you damaged their finances or you hurt your marriage, but you've repented, you've come to Christ, that's been all those years ago. Why are you still living like you're the same person that died 20 years ago? Yeah, but there's people, well, who, can, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? I don't even give it a second thought. You don't know me. Amen. Amen. I, I had a person one time call me and, and just want to get mad at me. You say, what did you do, hung up? Why didn't you try to reason with them? They're talking about a dead man. You can't, you can't reason with somebody that doesn't know you. You don't know me. And, and let me say this. You don't owe anybody. You don't owe anybody the right to make you feel guilty or condemn over a mistake you made when you didn't know God. Nobody has that right. That's important. Amen. Well, I'll tell everybody what you did. Oh, come on. That's a joke. Tell them. It'll just give me a chance to tell my testimony about how the old man died and the new man has come. Hallelujah. But I'll, I'll talk to people and they'll go, well, yeah, you know, the Lord's good, but boy, I sure messed it up. Why you got to bring that up? I'll tell you why. Because you're still wanting to pay the price. You feel, you feel like you still, there's still a penance you need to pay. Jesus paid it all. Do, do you understand that? I, I want you right now, just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and just say this. I am a new creature. I am a new creature. Old things have really passed away. All things are really new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the thing, and, and over the years, my wife and I have been in the ministry, full-time ministry now, 25 years. And the thing that uh, I've seen over the years, and I've, I've watched people get born again, get delivered, I mean, live for God for a time, and go right back. To what they were delivered from. And people will always ask the question. Why did they go back? And my answer is this. Because they thought they could. If you think you can. You will. But if the old man's dead. Amen. So what's the difference. Between someone like my wife, that's now going to celebrate 31 years of freedom. Never a relapse, never a failure. What's the difference? Those five things that she wrote about in the back of her book, and they start with knowing that you're a new creature in Christ. She never lost sight of that. And here's the thing. We wouldn't stay around people that wouldn't talk that way. If, if you're going to stay the way you're supposed to stay, you got to be selective about what you're listening to, who you're listening to, what you're hanging around. Amen. Your buddies should not be people that you hung out with when you were dead. You're a new creature. You want to hang out with new creatures. Isn't that good? Amen. I believe God.
I believe God. Hallelujah. Do do you see that? I just, I really sense that in my spirit. There there are people in here tonight, you're going to walk in complete health from this night forward because you're going to let go of that guilt from the past. It's over. I didn't do that. That dead man did that. I don't know what you're talking about. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, isn't that just too easy? Uh, okay. I just listen. I'm Fox News. I report. You decide. Amen. I'm just the delivery boy. I just I just deliver the paper. If you want to read it, read it. If you don't, put it in the birdcage or whatever. But this this is where your freedom's at. Amen. I say this is where your freedom's at. I sat with I sat with a, a minister, a minister of the gospel that had been a minister for fifty years of their life, fifty years, and I sat with him just weeks before he died, and there was not one praise report coming out of his mouth. He sat there with regret from his past, and he administered for fifty years. Full-time ministry, 50 years. And he's sitting there talking to me about all the regret he had. And as I'm talking to him, I thought, he never saw himself as a new creature. And when it came time that he needed to believe God for something, he couldn't believe God because he was too wrapped up in the shame and the guilt. And it wasn't, if it wasn't sin, it was failures in his family. He hadn't taken care of his wife. He hadn't taken care of his family. Whatever the case was, I didn't make preparation or whatever. And I finally looked at him and said, man, forget all that. All that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Amen. I mean, you need a check, I'll give you a check. You'll be all right. But the point is, you got to let that go. Because the enemy will start coming telling you, you're sick because of what you did. And you're dealing with that because of what you did. And if you hadn't failed, you wouldn't be going through this. That's all gone. You're, you're letting the devil run his mouth to a new creature, and he's talking about a dead man. That, that doesn't exist anymore. That's why when he starts talking, you need to take him to Galatians 2.20 and show him your death certificate. I died with Christ. And I'm alive. New man's alive. That's important. Oh, glory. That's important. And when you draw your last breath, there's not going to be any regret. Not going to be any guilt. Not going to be any shame. Why? You're a new creature. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good news? And that's, and that's why, I'll finish with this, that's why everybody in here will fulfill the plan of God for your life. Folks, if we live 50 more years, that's five minutes God time. What we do, we got to do. And you can't allow guilt and shame and, and condemnation to keep you on the sidelines one more day. Not one more hour, you don't have time. You don't have time. It's ticking. It's going by. Amen. Every two seconds, every two seconds, two people leave this earth. Every two seconds. Today, some 155,000 people went to heaven or hell. There are people that got up this morning and expected to go to bed tonight, and they didn't. Oh, Pastor, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds uh, depressing. It's the truth. It's the truth. Amen. I can't, I can't let the enemy thwart God's plans in my life anymore. Neither can you. Amen. Amen. Do, do you understand? Because it's ticking. Time is not stopping. Amen. This world, this, 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 this world is passing away. And what we do for God, we got to do now. Amen. That's why it's more important than ever that you're involved. You're doing something for God. You're following your calling. You're following the plan of God for your life. 
Why? Because he didn't pay the price he paid. He didn't call you, justify you, predestinate you, and glorify you for you just to maintain a spot on the bench. Coming to church is not serving God. Serving God is getting involved in what God wants to do in your life and getting involved making a difference in other people's lives. That's serving God. And that's why God called you and glorified you and justified you so that you can make a difference in people's lives. Oh, glory to God. Let's stand up tonight. I'll keep going. I was about to warm up for round two. Glory to God.